for old boys ain't much for working Two shots on a barrel and they're talking about bourbon Talking about a few other things that they don't know If you've got a question, no need to ask They don't have a clue, so raise your glass Take a sip with the bold brothers Now it's on with the show From the heart of central Kentucky The bourbon capital of the world It's two shots on a barrel With your host A couple of hot shots of their own the Bow Brothers. Welcome back to Two Shots on a Barrel, J-Bo. It's been a thousand years, man, since we've been back in the studio, but it is good to be back. It is good to be back. I'm glad that you're finally cootie-free. No more yeah, uh, no, COVID no nonsense. More, no more COVID. I, I'll tell you what, you've either been in uh, quarantine or actually had the COVID, so it's uh, good to see your face again. I got to tell you, I'm excited about today's show. We've had a lot of large personalities on Two Shots on a Barrel some very prominent names in, with respect to Kentucky. Uh-huh. We've not had a guy that is as prominent nor as tall as we're going to have today on Two Shots in a Barrel. It's one of those uh, times when you get your picture made with somebody and you look like a dwarf, and that's going to be <laughs> Absolutely. one of those days. I'm going to be, yeah. Yeah. Not today good. is uh, we get to be true midgets. We're <laughs> short dudes, but today we get to be classic midgets. J-Bo, welcome in our very, very – Humongous, ladies guest. and gentlemen, put your hands together for Kenny Skywalker. Thank you. Welcome awesome. to the show, Skywalker. Appreciate being with you guys, Jim. I've obviously known you for a while, J Bo. You know, uh-huh. it's just pretty cool just to be on with you guys, man. Uh, kind of chop it up a little bit today. I'm here to talk about any and everything. Everybody knows that I'm a wildcat at heart, so definitely welcome a little. Wildcat talk, but uh, we're here to talk about anything, man. Looking forward to having a good time. This is good stuff. And by the way, we should mention uh, our our drink of choice today is yes. a bourbon. For the first time, we've tried J Bo. We've time. been wanting to try this for some time. It's the Bro Brothers, which have a very cool story. Uh, it is uh, an African American ownership team out first of one. Louisville. Yeah. yeah. First one, mm-hmm. yep. and uh, they uh, are out of Louisville, and i got to tell you, Sky, it's pretty, it, it's pretty darn good. Real smooth. Smooth as silk. So, uh, for the very first time, we, we got the Bo, uh, Bro, Brothers Bro Brothers on the Bo Brothers. Everybody buys us a bottle of the Bro Brothers because it's so close to the Bo yeah, Brothers. So. exactly. <laughs> We're not near as cool as those guys. Not Just even. so you know, Sky. <laughs> I, actually, I know one of the guys that's part of this uh, group here that goes to my – Barbara, and I remember when they were going to first release this, so I'm glad that you guys had a, a batch here, a bottle here that we can break open and try it out. I just started recently drinking a lot of bourbon the last couple of years ago. I've always been a beer connoisseur. Um, you a cra- like a craft beer kind of guy? No, I'm not more into craft beer. I'm more of a regional beer okay. type of guy. That's cool. One of my thing was when I was playing in the NBA and, and when I played overseas in Europe, play a little bit in Japan, I always wanted to try whatever the locals, you know, were yeah, drinking or sure. whatever in that area. But for me, my favorite type of beer is probably a pale ale. Oh, I got you. Know, you. I like a nice medium-bodied, you know, beer. Sometimes uh, like something like a Blue Moon. Oh, yeah. like you're, talking, cent- you're talking cent- my name there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's good cent- stuff. A uh, uh, citrus and stuff like that, but uh, – but I'm a beer guy, but, I mean, bourbon is good. And, of course, 
uh, in Kentucky, bourbon, basketball, horses. You can't, yeah. You can't go wrong. Yeah. So, man, Scott, there's, you know, J-Bo and I were kind of talking a little bit in, in anticipation of having you on, which is so cool. You know, and the easy the easy grab is to say, Scott, let's sit here and talk about Kentucky basketball. And, and you and I do that every – it seems like every <laughs> year you come down and, and, and we, we kind of get uh, your perspective on things. But, you know, the cool part, I think, is to learn more about Skywalker, maybe not necessarily the, the Kentucky basketball guy, mm-hmm. although that's a part of you, obviously – but get to know a little more uh, things about Skywalker, which I, I, one of the things I got to tell you, Scott, one of the things that fascinates me about you is, and I've said this to you before, you you are a guy that seems like fashion <laughs> has always been a part of your repertoire. Yep. I, I mean, I can remember as a kid watching you, and whether it was when you had the um, – the uh, the fa- what do you call that? High top fade. The, yeah, the yeah. high top fade, or you had the cornrows, yeah. yeah. or I even saw a picture the other night where you were uh, on the radio and had, had almost like a ponytail yeah. thing going. <laughs> but you're always into yes, and no matter what you've got going on, J Bo, like it's good. like GQ baby. Yeah, well, I, I grew up in an era, uh, late seventies, early eighties. When guys like Prince, Ma- uh, Michael Jackson, Madonna, you know, as far mm-hmm. as style and, you know, fashion, I think that era, you know, the 70s and the 80s, you know, the style of 70s and, and the 80s, that kind of influenced me as far as style and fashion is concerned. But i tell you, uh, the one guy that really had a big influence on me as far as fashion and, and, and dressing, especially dressing nice and being uh, clean-shaved, all of the stuff that I'm not now. But Joby Hall in college, yeah. uh, wherever we went, we had to be uh, coat and tie, uh, clean-shaved when we was traveling to play games and stuff. And when we would travel, I would ask Coach Hall all the time. I would see other teams traveling. It's Coach. All of these other kids, they're wearing sweatsuits and jeans when they're traveling. I said, why in the heck do we have to wear <laughs> coat and tie? Why do we have to look, you know, yeah. all business-like? And he, he didn't miss a beat. He said, son, if you look good, you play good. Nice. And, I like and, it. And, and, and he said, uh, you never know who's in the stands watching. Hopefully you'll play in the NBA, but one day you might not play in the NBA. And there might be somebody in the audience watching how you dress, yeah. how you carry yourself, your attitude, how you act, and how you interate, uh, interact with, with, with others. So if I'm going to blame somebody, I'm going to blame Joe B. Hall. <laughs> hey. Because he told me if you look good, regardless of your fashion and your style, if you look good, you got the right attitude, you believe in yourself, you have the confidence, you can pull it off. And that's what I've always tried to do, and I appreciate that lesson that he gave me at a very early age. Cool stuff. That's, that's impressive. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure that's just one and a drop of a bucket of all the things that Joe B. taught you over the years. Oh, absolutely. Uh, when I look at Coach Hall now, obviously uh, I'm, I'm glad that he's still with us. And, uh, 
you know, his health over the last couple of years have been kind of a little bit up and down. But he's, he's 92 years old. Wow. I didn't know that. And, uh, you know, of course, when you're 18 and 19 years old, you had a big program like Kentucky. Most 18 and 19-year-old kids want to go out and have fun and, you know, live it up, and which, which we did. But Coach Hall always kept it into perspective. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that he gave us a, a, enough room for us to grow and to enjoy college line without getting out there and being a little too right. wild and getting a little too far. He had, uh, you know, rules, team rules and everything that we had to abide by. And, of course, when you're 18, 19 years old, you got 11 or 12 o'clock curfew, you feel like, oh, coach, it's uh, keeping me in. And, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. But he's kind of protecting you from yourself. So he really taught us, you know, discipline, how to make sacrifices and, you know, for the betterment of the team, no, no one guy is above the team. And uh, I think he was more like, uh, I would say, a father figure. He, father figure. He was an outstanding coach and I think underrated and underappreciated. But I think some of his, you know, morals and values that he tried to instill in us, that he wanted us to be kind of like one of his sons. He wanted us to have fun. He wanted us to be responsible but more importantly, when we stepped out on that court, uh, when we were out representing the University of Kentucky, he, w- he wanted to make sure that we were doing that in the right way, not only to represent the school and the state, but our families and the, everybody else on the team. That's good stuff. You know, uh, when I think about you, Sky, and I, you know, I still remember, you know, when you came to Kentucky, you know, it was this, uh, it was this kid from this little small town in Georgia. And so, you know, I knew it was a small town. Last night when I was doing some show prep, I looked up Roberto, Georgia. <laughs> Roberto, Georgia, today, according to Wikipedia, J-Bo, is a town of about the size of about a 1,000. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Here's this kid that comes out of Roberta, Georgia, who is a McDonald's All-American, a parade All-American, comes to the University of Kentucky, Unbelievable, Sky, <laughs> and, and then the rest is the rest is history. Well, it, I have to give a lot of credit for a, a lot of people. I, I, I think the guy that I have to give the most credit to is my high school basketball coach. Um, he uh, saw a lot of talent, you know, uh, in myself. And when I was going from the my sophomore year in high school into my junior year in high school. Um, there was a very prestigious basketball camp that was in Milliesville, Georgia, called the BC All-Star Basketball Camp. The only other camp that rivaled that camp at that time was the five-star basketball mm-hmm. camp that was played uh, uh, up east. So Milliesville, Georgia is only 50 miles from where I grew up in Roberta, Georgia, and I remember my high school coach saying, hey, if I can get you, and I had one other uh, kid in my high school that was a year older, very good guard um, from my high school, he's like, man, I just need to get you guys in this camp mm-hmm. so you guys can be seen. And if I can do that, I feel like that you guys can capture the attention of the nation. And luckily for us, we had to wash cars, raise money in our neighborhood just to get the money to go to this basketball camp. And I remember um, my brother and my cousin them dropping me off there the first week, first time that I've ever been away from home. And, 
you got all of the top talent from around the country that's there. And here we are in the midst of all of this talent, couple of country kids. Uh, we just like to, you know, to compete and play hard, and that's what we did. And luckily for us, we caught the eye of a lot of colleges and stuff, and that's when I started to really getting a lot of attention from schools around the nation. Uh, but they were mainly mid-major schools because nobody knew about me. Well, uh, I came back, had an outstanding junior year in high school, and I got invited back to this uh, camp again and went back the following summer going into my senior year. And uh, the best player in the camp at that time, the number one ranked forward, was a guy by the name of Billy Thompson. Billy Thompson. Uh, who was going to the University of Louisville. From Camden, New yeah, Jersey. Camden, New Jersey. So yeah. you had Wayman Tisdale and all of these, Brad Doherty. You had all of these great players that was in this camp. And from out of nowhere, I won the MVP of the camp that nice. year. And just kind of wow. went from kind of a nobody uh, to being basically the second best forward in the country behind Billy Thompson. And, you know, kind of ironic. It, it turned out that obviously Louisville was yeah. recruiting Billy Thompson, and Kentucky jumped on on me. You know, Louisville recruited me a little bit, but once they showed that interest in Billy, uh, 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 Billy Thompson, I gravitated towards Kentucky a little bit. You and made the right choice. I think I made the right <laughs> I think choice. You did. And and the, the crazy thing about it is, you know, Roberta is a little town, two stoplights uh, in the whole town. Everybody knows everybody and you know I didn't really have any experience playing in front of big crowds dealing with the media and doing interviews and and all of that stuff so when I bust on the scene all of this stuff was really new to me and when I eventually signed to come to the University of Kentucky to guys to be honest with you I really didn't know what I was getting myself into I knew the history and the tradition and everything but I didn't know from that from the time that I signed that letter of intent, that I was going to be just under a microscope pretty much for the rest of my life because I had a good career at Kentucky, and when you play good at Kentucky, you're under a microscope. Everybody's watching every little thing that you do. But I'm thankful that during that time, I had four years of college to develop. I think it would have been very difficult from where I came from, a little small town like that, to play only one year at UK and try to go to the NBA. And thank goodness to have a father figure, like I mentioned, like Joby Hall, Leonard Hamilton, who's the head Mm -hmm. coach of uh, Florida Mm -hmm. State, Mm -hmm. was his number one recruiter. I had a great relationship with both guys. And we were a family. And those guys weren't cons- – I mean, they wanted us to play in the NBA, but they wanted to make sure that we had a good college experience. And for the guys that didn't make it in the NBA, that we got our degrees and we had something to fall back on just in case basketball didn't work out. And I think if it's one thing that kids are missing today compared to my era, it's the guys who don't make it in the NBA, they don't understand that Kentucky is a very special place. If you get your degree at the University of Kentucky and keep your nose clean, you can live in this state for the rest of your life, be a legend, Absolutely. Uh, have great opportunities, yep. you know, and I just I feel like a lot of kids today are missing out on those opportunities. 
That's good, uh, Sky. Man, uh, we flew through the first segment. Sure I mean, there's did. no doubt about it. We, we need to take a break. But there's so many different directions that we can go on this show, and I look forward to uh, wherever wherever we go. I should also mention uh, the show is uh, brought to you in part today by Limestone Branch Distillery right here in Marion County who hooked you up, Sky, with a beautiful bottle of Yellowstone's finest. Yes. And, and by the way, uh, the, the true celebrity out at Yellowstone, so as I walk up to pick up uh, Sky's bottle of bourbon, mm-hmm. uh, Lucky Two Licks meets me right there at the door. <laughs> and the barrel pick that, that we've got for Sky today, which is, by the way, Signed by Master Distiller Stephen Bean mm-hmm. and also Lucky Two Licks. Yes. So a very special bottle there of Marion County's finest guy. Love it. Love it. You know, and I'm going to enjoy it. My stepdaughter got me into bourbon a couple of years ago. So I'm going to look forward to on special occasion. There you I go. Have a bottle here, having right. a good time and, and uh, have one for my very special uh, friend and uh, fellow uh, UK alumni, Anthony. That's great. All right, more coming your way on Two Shots with Kenny Skywalker right after this break. Hey, this is Jim Bo for Two Shots on a Barrel, hanging out with my buddy Jay Bo. What's going on? Dude, I'm here to tell you, you are doing something right if you're good in two towns. Two towns. Two towns, you're the best of everything. Big old tires, Billy Taft is the best in Barnstown and the best in Lebanon. I tell you what, he's been doing it perfect for many years, and he won once again, and he's won again in Marion County. How does this guy, how is he so good, Jay Bo? Customer service. You're number one when you walk in his building. He offers all sorts of things, not just tires. He offers uh, alignments, brakes, oil changes, and more. And he has two locations, Bardstown. You can call Bardstown location, 502-348-0880. And in Lebanon, 270-692-1013. Dude is rocking and rolling at Big O Tires. If you're having any kind of tire pressure issue, if you're having any, if you have any questions... Yeah. Billy's always there for you. Don't be bashful. Just pull right in. Go check your tires for you. Make sure you're safe and ready for the You know another cool thing about Billy Taft? He loves bourbon, and he loves two shots on a barrel. That's right. And we love Billy Taft. Absolutely. Sure. Go see our brother Billy Taft. Big old tires. Lebanon and Bardstown, Kentucky. Jay Bo, I've always found out in life it's important to have a good attorney. Very important. And Two Shots on a Barrel found out we've got a good attorney. We did? Yes, Jerry Fowler's Jerry Law Office. Fowler. Do you know how to sing his song, his jingle? Uh, Please, no, I, you, you don't have to start now if you don't really know how to. I, I can't, I can't, but I know who he is. Here's another thing I'm glad about Jerry Fowler. I'm glad before he went to the Caribbean that he got our work finished for Two Shots on a Barrel. He is very prompt in his uh working ability, but we can't give him all the credit. His uh, wonderful assistant does most of his work. We all know that. Everybody knows that C.C. Gardner runs his office. Yes, yes. Just makes Jerry look good. We don't really care at this point. We're just so fortunate <laughs> that we had C.C. to do our work for. I mean, Jerry to do our work for us. 
And uh, for all of your, especially, he, he specializes in business law, which is exactly what we needed for two shots. Right. Also, estate law, there's nobody in the business that is as good as he is, uh, Jerry Fowler. And with an assistant, a superstar Wonder Woman assistant like CeCe Gardner, dude, it's just all working. I tell you what, uh, I couldn't ask for a better partner with this show than Jerry Fowler. I mean, I was wondering where you were going with that good. statement. You're good also, but having Jerry Fowler on our side is uh, always a good thing. His, his jingle is, Jerry Fowler is the way to go. Dial 692 That's it. That's it. But you really know that CC runs the show. Oh, oh, oh. Love you, CC. All right. Peace out. Uh, call Jerry Fowler's office today for all your business and estate needs. He's a man. Thanks, Jerry, for hooking us up on Two Shots on a Barrel. Stephen Fonte with Limestone Branch Distillery. I want to thank you for listening to Two Shots in a Barrel. Back to Two Shots on a Barrel. Also special thanks, Joe Bo, to uh, Jerry Fowler, who is uh, the official attorney for Two Shots yeah. on a Barrel. He took care of us, uh, got us uh, all of our legal stuff together, Sky, and, and, and so we appreciate uh, what he did for us. And, uh, again, the show brought to you today by uh, Limestone Branch Distillery. And we are with the legend, Kenny Skywalker. Talking a lot of different things today. Sky, I know that one of the things that you have been very, very active in post-retirement from basketball radio work. And uh, you, you're you're uh, obviously on 590 with uh, Larry Glover a lot. You've done a lot of other shows when I was – Looking last night, I know one of those guys, as far as the radio side of things, that really meant a lot to you was Wes Strader. Oh, yes. Yeah, and, and, and I know he was another one of those guys, like you talked about, Joe Hall. Yes. Almost that father figure. Yes. Wes Strader, the legendary Western Kentucky yes. University broadcaster. You said he was like that for you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, of course, uh, all Wildcat fans know K. Wood left. Mm-hmm. Uh, legendary you know, broadcaster, commentator for uh, UK basketball and football for so many years. Well, Wes Strader was to Western Kentucky what Kaywood was to Kentucky. I didn't know a whole lot about Wes until we uh, actually met and did our show together for about eight years. But he was one of the guys that took me under the wing, under his wing when I first got into radio. I traveled with him up and down the road. We did a lot of uh, basketball shows together, but he trusted me enough to do some football stuff with him as as well. And uh, he taught me a a lot of ins and outs about this business, and I would uh, compare him to someone like a Joe B. Hall. Yeah. Uh, You know, he uh, he was a tough, fair guy. But the thing that I remember about Wes more than anything, he was, like Coach Hall, one of the most professional guys that I've ever been around. He was going to show up on time, he was going to be prepared, and he was going to do his job, and he was going to do his job with a lot of pride, and he was going to do it very well. And when you are around people like that and you see that type of work ethic and what they put into it, 
I tried to be a sponge and just tried to absorb just how he dealt with callers and tough questions and things like that. He was a true uh, professional in every sense of the word. And he's been passed away now, I think, for a couple of years. And uh, it's just very tough, you know, sometimes uh, when I have to sit here and talk about him in the yeah. past sense, uh, sure. tense. But, but a guy that was a true professional, and I enjoyed uh, working with him. And for him to be, you know, a guy that was associated with Western Kentucky, the, the, the eight years that we worked together, uh, the U.K. fans uh, embraced him and welcomed him with an open arm and, and he did an outstanding job. Cool stuff. See, see, Jim, we need to quit hanging around each other because we're all sponged up. We we have nothing else yeah. to learn. I, I'd get absolutely nothing from nothing you, from but you a hard either. time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd get absolutely we need, zero. We need to bring a smart guy in the room for a little while. Yeah. yeah. Well, we got we've got him in here today. Yeah. Well, we just need him to stick around for a little while. Yeah. Can you stay a couple oh, weeks? Absolutely. <laughs> Hang out awesome. with you guys anytime. Hey, thanks awesome. to the Bro Brothers today. We are in uh, yes. partaking into uh, some fantastic Bro Brothers uh, out of. Louisville. Uh, good stuff there. J-Bo, I know you're chomping at the bit. I, every time I look out over at you, no, I'm, just, I'm like, man, I, I can see it in your eyes. Ken, your wheels are turning. Kenny and I have a lot in common. He doesn't know. I mean, we're about the same size. Yeah. yeah. When, when he's sitting down. <laughs> yeah, it's true. When he's sitting down. That's true. That's uh, true. I spent all my summers growing up, all of them, in Macon, Georgia. Yeah. Only about 30, 25, 30 miles yeah, from where man. I grew up in Roberta. It was like home. Right, yeah. It was like home. Uh, and then I had some family in Dublin, Georgia. Dublin? Yep. yep. Yeah, so uh, hottest place on earth. Yes. Uh, th- that's, that's the one thing that I don't miss about Georgia, even though we do have hot and humid days here. But, boy, I grew up on a peach farm in Georgia. And, boy, in July and August, if you – you belling hay or loading cantaloupes or watermelons or picking peaches, boy, God, that was whoo. I mean, that was, was hot. It was <laughs> so as a kid. So as a kid in Roberta, Georgia, uh, Georgia mm-hmm. I mean, what, how, how were your how were how was your childhood? I'm talking prior to basketball. That's that's what I mean. I grew up on a farm. Really, yeah, I got three older brothers. My brother Lewis is about three years older than I am. My brother Jerome is eight years older than I am, and my brother George is nine years older than I am. Uh, two of my brothers, Jerome and Lewis, both played high school basketball. Lewis and Jerome are kind of tall at 6'3 and 6'5". My oldest brother, George, is only about 5'11". Oh, I got And you. Uh, we all make fun of him, you know, because we're like, what happened to you, you know, with the height? And now, how, how tall was your dad? My dad was about 6'3". Okay. Yeah, so uh, basketball was always in my family, and I always wanted to follow my older brother's uh, footsteps. And so we grew up on a farm, on a peach farm. Um, so anything that, you know, had to do with farming, whether it was, you know, peaches, squash, cantaloupes, watermelon, honeydew, you name it, you know, I probably have done it. And that's was those were my summer jobs. My father was the type of guy like, hey, if you guys are not involved in basketball, if you're not going to camp, if you're not involved in basketball, you're going to go to work. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. Didn't like it when I was going through it, being right. younger, yeah. obviously, because I wanted to play basketball all the time. But I'm very thankful, you know, for my parents because they taught us at a very early age just how important it was to, you know, work and contribute, you know, to the family and just try to do the best you can. And I really think 
the fact that he install, uh, instilled that in us at a very early age, I really think that it helped out with my basketball career because uh, I felt like, man, if I can go out here in the hot sun in July and August and do all of this hard labor, man, if I'm going into a basketball practice and the coach is asking me to practice for, you know, two hours a day, that's kind of easy compared to, you know, the yeah. things that I was going through. And I think uh, that was one advantage that I had coming in because when you come to a place like Kentucky and you come in – I don't care where you're coming from. You're stepping up, obviously, to the ultimate level. And uh, your attitude and your work ethic, I think, is kind of the things that's going to get you through. Yeah, I was undersized, had to pick up weight and all of that. But my work ethic and attitude, I think, uh, from what I learned at a very early age, think to my parents, really helped me, you know, when I came to UK. What I learned uh, in July and August in uh, Macon, Georgia, was to get out of work. All right, my grandfather would always try to put me to work, paint this fence, or do something with this horse, take care of the goats. I'd find the nearest uh, fire ant hill and, uh, and start screaming. Of course, I didn't put foot in it, but I act like I did. And that ran to jump in the pool, and I just never got back out. I just stayed in the pool. And that was my way to get out. So is that a Georgia thing? Fire ants are terrible. In, in Georgia? Yeah. Oh, really? Man, they're terrible. Yeah, terrible. yeah fire, fire ants are really t- terrible. Uh, of course, uh it's hot and humid, and, 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 gnats. and it's a gnat, gnats. Oh. I mean, people think uh, folks are really friendly in Georgia because they think they're waving all the time, <laughs> and they're and they're fanning gnats, you know, trying to get rid of the gnats. I remember the gnats, and then of course, if you live anywhere near a lake or water or anything like that, the mosquitoes at nighttime are brutal. <laughs> yes. so uh, it's pretty tough. I mean, but I mean, all in all. Um, Probably two months out of the year, two, two and a half months a year was going to be brutal. The great thing, though, in the wintertime, real mild winters. 70s. Uh, yeah. 70s. Yeah. I remember on Christmas Day, it could be 68 degrees yeah. on Christmas Day. I think before I came to Kentucky, probably only saw snow uh, before I came to Kentucky in 1982, maybe two or three times in my life. And, of course, once I got to Kentucky, the weather got Haywire, because if you don't look like the weather in Kentucky, stick around. It <laughs> exactly. 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 So our, uh, I know a guy that uh, that you know well that actually was a co- college professor of mine back in the day, Jamie Vaught, mm-hmm. who, who recently released uh, his latest book, Chasing the Cats. And one of the stories in, in Jamie's book that he talks about, uh, it, it had to be an interesting story because you, you grew up a kid who was uh, worked on the farm. Yep. That's what you did. And the story in Jamie's book talks about a, a time when Coach Hall brought that farming back to you and Roger Harden. <laughs> what about that story? It was real funny. Uh, you know, my freshman year, you know, Coach Hall was really known, you know, at that time, you know, for the Joby Hall show, like most coaches are. But uh, there were always a couple of segments, especially maybe when the season was over, uh, and Coach Hall was out fish, fishing or doing something on the farm, he would always have a couple of players, you know, come out and they would film a set. And I remember one time he uh, told me and Roger Harden, said, like, okay, I want you guys, you know, out on the farm and we're going to send a uh, film a segment of the, of the show. And I said, Coach, I grew up on the farm. 
I've been through all of this stuff. I've seen him do it. I don't need to do that. And he thought about it for a minute, and then he said, okay, I'll go get one of some of these city guys <laughs> to go do that. And that's the kind of guy that Coach Hall was. He wanted to give these kids an experience of a down-home feel. And, of course, uh, anybody that knows Joe B. Hall, I, I don't know anybody who loves fishing more than Joe B. Hall. Maybe Winston Bennett. Man, when Winston Winston's gets, a, Winston, when, when, Winston really? is a, Winston is a big time fisherman. Did not know that. Yes, and uh Winston uh, his dad would go fishing with Coach Hall a lot and kind of surprisingly because Winston grew up in Louisville. That's what I was going to say. And you think but Winston mom and dad both loved the fish and Coach Hall immediately took a liking to Winston because Winston was the one guy that always wanted to go hang out with uh, Coach Hall and go That's fishing. That's awesome, man. All right, so we're, we're talking about all these things, uh, fishing and farming and stuff like that. We talked, you know, the, the obvious connection is you and basketball, right? Mm-hmm. We, we talked about GQ, and we've talked about, you know, one of the other things down the road we could talk about is your love for cooking. But, yep. but I want to know, you know, outside of basketball – how how would you describe a, to somebody, and without including anything about basketball, Kenny Skywalker? Ooh, well, you mentioned cooking. I think uh, the the cat's been out of the bed the last couple of years on that. I've uh, done a lot of uh, things, you know, as far as cooking with the Lexington Herald Leader, um, you know, just different uh, uh, iron, not iron chef, but um, – uh, one of the shows on cable that Coach Calipari was doing uh, to bring me in to just be a, like a little celebrity taster, I guess if you would say. Uh started watching cooking shows and stuff like that when I retired from basketball. Just like everybody else, I always thought that my mom was the greatest uh, mm-hmm. cook in the world. Mm-hmm. And I just started off as a kid because my brothers were older. I was always left at home with mom a lot of times. So I was in the kitchen and around her a lot. So that's when my passion first started for cooking. And, and, and when I retired from playing basketball, I just had more time to do it. And I liked doing it. Some of my closest fa- uh, friends and people – that know me know that I can cook almost anything. Uh, uh, I like a lot of different foods. I've lived in Spain, Italy, Japan. I've traveled all around the world. So I got a a wide variety of food and cultures that I like to eat. Uh, Food, wine, people, family, friends, that's kind of what I'm about. You know, I mean, I love basketball. I love all kinds of sports. But you give me some good food, give me some good company. Yeah. I got great conversation, great memories. So I have great memories of eating and dining literally all over the world with family, friends, former teammates, and stuff. And the stories and the places that I've been has just been unbelievable. And I've had the best seat in the house. If you've ever, if you would have ever told me, like a young kid from Roberta, Georgia, if you would ask me what my dream was, just like any other kid, I would have said, well, I played college basketball and played in the NBA, which I did. But what I didn't anticipate on, uh, especially with my overseas experience, was I never pictured myself playing overseas. And luckily for me, I played uh, five years in the NBA before I went overseas. So I was 28 years old when I first played overseas. 
I think I was mature enough to handle it at that time instead of being 18 or 19 years old going into it. Mm -hmm. Probably would have been uh, more difficult. But I think that because I was a little bit older, I really embraced every culture that I went to, whether it was in Rome, Italy, Barcelona, Spain, or Kawasaki, Japan. Out of all of the places I went to, probably the most fun that I had was Barcelona, Spain. I really liked that Mediterranean mm-hmm. area, the food, the people, the culture. Cool. Uh, it was great. Rome, Italy was great. Probably the most difficult, and, and not difficult, you know, I guess, in the sense that it was hard. It was just the language barrier in Japan was just so tough to overcome. I had to requ- uh, rely on a translator the majority of the time. But uh, all in all, it was a great experience because I was just right outside of Tokyo. And, of course, being outside of Tokyo, there was a lot of American restaurants and movies and uh, newspapers and th- magazines and things that I could get to kind of keep my sanity. But all in all, I mean, to play all over the world, to do something that you literally enjoy doing. The NBA is the best, but, I mean, my experiences overseas, they all were absolutely unbelievable. So when, all of, when, when, when you finally stopped bouncing the ball for, for, for pay, mm-hmm. you could have gone literally anywhere to say this is where – that's where I want to be. I want to, I want to go to New York City. I want to go to Washington, D.C. You chose to come back to Kentucky. You could have gone back to Roberta, Georgia. Yep. What, what drew you back to Kentucky, Sky? Well, I, I mean, it's just something about Kentucky. And I think any uh, player, especially from my era, uh, when you look at guys like Jack Gibbons, uh, Kyle Macy, you know, Sam Bowie, uh, a lot of the great Rick Rovey, a lot of the greats that came through before myself, Dan Essel, yeah. Louis Dampier, you know, going back a few years. Uh, when you meet these guys, you know, these are guys that paved the way for a guy like me. And when I was thinking about coming to Kentucky, I read up on all of these guys. I knew where they were, and I knew what they were doing. If they weren't playing in the NBA uh, or if they were retired, a lot of them were coming back to uh, the state of Kentucky and they were doing a lot of different things, you know, uh, you know, post, you know, basketball career. And what really intrigued me about that was how uh, the fans in the state of Kentucky embraces guys like myself that come from different states. Kyle is from Indiana. I'm from Georgia. Roger Harden is from Indiana. Sam Bowie is from Pennsylvania. But when we come to Kentucky, whether we're here one year, two years, and or back in the day, like most of us, we, we, we're here for four years, you build the relationship with the fans. Uh, you can actually have a senior night. Yeah. Uh, Fans can see you grow and develop from a little snotty-nosed, skinny kid as a freshman to developing into an All-American your junior and senior year. And I think it's just something about that journey, uh, the way that the fans embraced us at that time, always sell out games at Rupp Arena. Of course, you didn't have satellite TV and everything that's going on. 
uh, now. So it was a very special uh, era, and I think if you hang around for a year or two, you like that, and you want to win a championship for the guys that you're playing with, the coaches you're playing for, and more importantly, from the fans that cheer you on each and every day. So when I left Kentucky, um, I knew that I always had a place to come back to because the way that people felt about me and the career that I had here. And, and the best thing that I think I did in, in, uh, was even when I was playing in the NBA, I would always spend my summertime in uh, Kentucky and Lexington training and getting prepared for the next year. And when you put that much time and effort into something, you learn to love it. I mm-hmm. think the fans really do appreciate a player like myself that since my playing days are over, uh, I do my radio show, like I said, uh, like you said, with uh, Larry Glover after every game. But I also have built, uh, built up so much equity in the fans, whether it's signing autographs or doing a speaking engagement or doing my radio show. Uh, I'm connected with the fans and always have been from the time that I got here. And I think it's something special about that that has been lost over the last few years because it's hard to build that type of relationship with your teammates, the coaches, and the fans when you leave after one year. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad. Now, don't get me wrong. I kind of wish that I was coming out to get one of these NBA contracts that these nice. guys yeah. have in today with the money and everything. Yeah. But the pressure that's put on these kids after one year uh, is enormous. And I want to thank my parents because I thought about leaving after my junior year. Joe B. Hall retired. Uh, my, right after my junior year. And I didn't know I, if I wanted to stick around and get used to a new coach. And I talked to my parents about should I come back for my senior year or should I just go to the NBA and take care of them. And I remember my parents saying, Kenny, we love you. We appreciate you wanting to take care of us and everything, but we want you to do what you're comfortable with. Don't feel like that you got to go to the NBA to take care of us. We want you to do whatever you're comfortable with. And I thought I was that close to, to leaving, but after I talked to Coach Hall, my older brothers and everybody, they were like, look, you don't have to go. If you come back one more year, you're going to in, in, increase your draft position. Instead of being 15, 20 in the draft, you're going to be maybe a top 10, top 5 pick, which I was eventually a top 5 pick. But they said, more importantly, you have that extra year, and you know your mom and dad would love for you to get that degree. Right. And that's the yeah. thing that they were happy with my basketball career, and they would never say this, and they both deceased now. But I know just from the look in their eye that they were probably more happy and more impressed that I got my degree in communication, and they're proud that I came back and I did that for my senior year than they were for me to actually go into the NBA and play basketball. But that's how parents were oh, yeah. at that time. They sure. were kind of trying to look out for their kids and say, look, you're great in basketball, but what if you get hurt or what if something happens and you need something to fall back on? And they knew that if I took an advantage of, of getting that free education that I can have something to fall back on. So I appreciate them not putting that pressure on me like I think a lot of parents do today to go take care of everyone. They just wanted me to be 
the best that I could be, and, and they weren't really worried about themselves, and I appreciate them for that. Very cool. All right, uh, J-Bo, it's getting a little low on the Bro Brothers, right, and uh, we're, we're about to finish up segment three, but we come back in segment uh, – or segment two, I should say. We come back for segment three. A lot of times J-Bo – Sky, just so you'll know, I never know what he's going to pull out Sorry, on, on segment three. That's okay. And, and so uh, I just gave you a little. We just get warmed up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just give you a forward. But man, this is this is I, I can't tell you. This, this is good. I mean, we have great conversations uh, when you come and see me at the bank, Sky. Yeah. But today, man, we're taking it to a different level. Oh, that's good. That's good stuff. All right, stick around for segment three. You're listening to Two Shots on a Barrel. The Marion County Trail could be the best value in bourbon-themed travel in Kentucky. You'll experience one of the Kentucky Bourbon Trail's crown jewels, one of the Bourbon Trail Craft Tour's top-rated stops, and something you can't find anywhere else. Organized tours of a bourbon barrel manufacturing facility, all in one place. It's the Marion County Trail. Take your time to tour, dine, shop, and stay all along the way. Explore world-famous Maker's Mark, a hot-ticket item on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Limestone Branch Distillery, home of world-famous Yellowstone Bourbon, and one of the top-rated stops on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail Craft Tour. Kentucky Cooperage, the sprawling plant where the thriving bourbon industry's barrels are hand-built and seared with fire for bourbon-aging flavor. And Lebanon, home of wonderful dining opportunities from home-cooked to chef-driven. Unique shopping opportunities, nowhere else to be found murals for your selfies, and overnight accommodations that range from traditional to bed and breakfast to bourbon-themed. Go to visitlebanonky.com for more details. Lebanon Tourist and Convention Commission, 270-692-0021. Whether you're buying or selling, be it your first home or your last home, or building your investment portfolio, give me a call. I'm Lisa Kearns, a realtor with Exit Realty Heartland. I understand the stress and hassles involved in buying and selling, and I will be here for you. Let me put my 20-plus years experience in marketing and customer service to work for you. Give me a call, 270 270- 402-4036. Lisa Kearns, realtor with Exit Realty Heartland, here to work for you. Two old boys ain't much for working. J-Bo, I love it. I love it, man. I love that tune. Terry is so talented. Terry Woolley. So, you know, the story goes that I said, Terry, we're doing this podcast thing. We're just a couple of guys want to talk about bourbon, everything that is Central Kentucky, and Terry's like, I got you. And he took it from there. Yeah, 24 hours later, bam, we have an opening uh, theme for our podcast. Terry Woolley with Crystal Music is uh, to kind of icing on the cake, is sponsoring Two Shots on the Brown. I don't know how cool that is. Not only did he do this for us, he's also sponsoring us. So, I mean, it's a double whammy from old Terry. Thank you, Terry. And you guys have come a long way. You know, you went from a, a point in time where you guys didn't necessarily get along the best in the world. And now you are like best friends. Well, it's like, you know, you put two superstars in one room, you know, there's going to be some bumping heads. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, whether it's recording, maybe it's some uh, voice lessons that you need, some uh, learning how to play a guitar, harmonica, you name it, Crystal Music in Campbellsville, Kentucky is a place to go. Hey, I even uh, was in a tight spot. I was going to go to Nashville. I was going to inter- inter- interview a bunch of artists, and I needed a guitar to sign. 
in I to remember play. that. I remember that. I walked in there, and I'm telling you, they have guitars everywhere. And he said, you don't want this guitar. You want the this guitar. And he set me up, and away I went to Nashville. Bam. He took care of you, and that's the way he can take care of everybody. He's a good dude. He works so hard. His wife, Ina, though, is the best thing in the world about him. There's no doubt about that. But Terry Woolley is a great dude, and for every musical thing that you need, including if you're out there listening and you need a jingle for your podcast, reach out to Terry Woolley. Check him out on Facebook. Look him up, Terry Woolley. That's W-O-O-L-E-Y. Or look up Crystal Music. You'll be able to check out all their deals along the way. And thanks so much, as always, J-Bo. They're a great sponsor. Hey, and we're looking for more. J-Bo, I've always found out in life it's important to have a good attorney. Very important. And Two Shots on a Barrel found out we've got a good attorney. We did? Yes, Jerry Fowler's Jerry Law Office. Fowler, do you know how to that. sing his song, his jingle? Uh, Please, no, I, you, you don't have to start now if you don't really know how to. I, I can't, I can't, but I know who he is. Here's another thing I'm glad about Jerry Fowler. I'm glad before he went to the Caribbean that he got our work finished for Two Shots on a Barrel. He is very prompt in his uh, working ability. Hey, but we can't give him all the credit. His uh, wonderful assistant does most of his work. We all know that. Everybody knows that C.C. Gardner runs his office. Yes, yes. Just makes Jerry look good. We don't really care at this point. We're just so fortunate <laughs> that we had C.C. to do our work for. I mean, Jerry to do our work for us. And uh, for all of your, especially, he, he specializes in business law, which is exactly what we needed for two shots. Right. Also, estate law, there's nobody in the business that is as good as he is. Uh, Jerry Fowler, and with an assistant, a superstar Wonder Woman assistant like CeCe Gardner. Dude, it's just all working. I tell you what, uh, I couldn't ask for a better partner with this show than Jerry Fowler. I mean, <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that good. statement. You're good also, but having Jerry Fowler on our side is uh, always a good thing. His, his jingle is, Jerry Fowler is the way to go. Dial 6921 That's it. That's it. But you really know that CeCe runs the show. Oh, oh, oh. Love you, CC. All right. Peace out. Uh, call Jerry Fowler's office today for all your business and estate needs. He's a man. Thanks, Jerry, for hooking us up on Two Shots on a Barrel. Hey, this is Jim Bo for Two Shots on a Barrel, hanging out with my buddy Jay Bo. What's going on? Dude, I'm here to tell you, you are doing something right if you're good in two towns. Two towns. Two towns, you're the best of everything. Big old tires, Billy Taft is the best I, in Barnstown and the best in Lebanon. I tell you what, he's been doing it perfect for many years, and he won once again, and he's won again in Marion County. How does this guy, how is he so good, Jay Bo? Customer service. You're number one when you walk in his building. He offers all sorts of things, not just tires. He offers uh, alignments, brakes, oil changes, and more. And he has two locations, Bardstown. You can call Bardstown location, 502-348-0880. And in Lebanon, 270-692-1013. Dude is rocking and rolling at Big O Tires. If you're having any kind of tire pressure issue, if you're having any, if you have any questions... Yeah. Billy's always there for you. Don't be bashful. Just pull right in. Go check your tires for you. Make sure you're safe and ready for the You run. know another cool thing about Billy Taft? He loves bourbon, and he loves two shots on a barrel. That's right. And we love Billy Taft. Absolutely. Sure. Go see our brother Billy Taft. Big old tires. Lebanon and Bardstown, Kentucky.
of Stephen Fonte with Limestone Branch Distillery. I want to thank you for listening to Two Shots in a Barrel. Back to Two Shots on a Barrel. Thanks to uh, Jerry Fowler, who uh, is the attorney of choice, of course, to, uh, for Two Shots on a Barrel. To Yellowstone. Of course, Yellowstone is the product of Limestone Branch Distillery. And so uh, they were gracious enough to uh, give a hand-picked barrel today for our guest, Kenny Skywalker, the legend uh, that is Kenny Skywalker. Uh, so, uh, segment three, I already gave you a little bit of a warning. J-Bo, what do you got for me? Man, I'll <laughs> tell you what, uh, I'd just like to take bits and pieces of this interview and mm-hmm. uh, kind of focus on a couple things. Mm-hmm. He mentioned he liked Prince. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yes. Prince, Prince, is, yes. Prince is one of my all-time favorites, man. See, we have, oh my gosh, he has a tattoo of a symbol on his arm. Right? Oh, yeah. So so where where killer. so go ahead. Do you have a question or is it? No, I'm just saying. Uh, you and I both love Prince a lot, and one of my biggest regrets in life is the last time he came to the Palace Theater. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. sold out the show five times, and I'm sitting there on the computer like, should I get a ticket this time or should I wait oh. till next time? Oh. No, and me, I, me, that's me. Yeah. And I didn't buy the. Oh, he, he kept Gosh. show. You know, yes. he would sell out. He'd do another yep. show. He'd yeah. sell out. He'd do another show. Mm-hmm. And didn't then. Buy. I mean, that's one of those once-in-a-life opportunities you've got to go yes. see. Yes. Yes. But, but where did it start for you in Prince? Well, uh, Prince, uh, and I guess in the late 70s, 78, 79, that's when he first uh, released his first album. His first album was an uh, album called For You. Uh, had a song called Soft and Wet that had some moderate you know, success. That was, I think, in... 78 or 79, but it wasn't until, I guess, 81 or 82 when he came out with the album, I guess, Uptown, and they were doing a, Prince was doing a concert in Macon, Georgia, Ah. with Prince, The Time, and Roger Troutman from uh, from Zap, and that was the very first concert. You said this was in what year? At 1981, 80, 81. Oh, wow. This is the very first concert that I went to. At the convention center? At at the convention, downtown, Macon Coliseum. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's that's it. So uh, I went, you know, and, you know, this is my first time really getting into music and all of this, and I see Prince, Yeah, a little five-foot, Three or five, five in heels, playing every instrument on the stage, dancing, and unbelievable vocals. I mean, he's just as good at live as he is, you know, in the studio. And I remember, man, this dude is going to be something. And, I mean, from then on, I mean, he just blew up a couple of years later when I'm at U.K., uh, I remember when Purple Rain came uh, out, mm-hmm. 1984. That's, yeah. that's the year that we went to the Final Four yeah. and Georgetown played, lost against Georgetown in the Final Four. But that movie came out early that year. Purple and I re- Rain. And I, and I remember me, Sam Bowie, Winston Bennett, James. I mean, every guy on the team, we was there watching Prince because he was blowing up at that time. And uh, I became a fan because the more – I saw him. I mean, the live shows were awesome. But I started to read up on this guy. Plays 27 instruments. He can. He wrote and produced all of his own music. His first album, he played all of the music, produced the whole thing. He was just an unbelievable talent. I think a guy that was way before his time. So, man, when I saw the way that that guy can perform and the way that he could 
his lyrics of his songs and his whole concept of what was happening out in society and to be able to write songs and uh, about things that's going to be timeless. You know, some of the things that he was writing about, obviously in the 70s, you know, could be very well, you know, happening in today's society. So for a guy to have that type of mindset and have the kind of following that he has, um, it's just unbelievable. And it's still kind of hard to believe that it's been a few years now since he's passed away. But that's my Prince story. And purple is one of my favorite colors. Yeah. So that made right. it uh, even more, you know. Now, so are, love are you, Prince. Are you like me and like his songs that are not allowed to be played on the radio? Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. By yes. far. That's, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and that's the thing that I like about him as well. Not to say that uh, some of the stuff that he was writing about that you can't play on the radio, but sometimes you get past the lyrics and, you know, just get into the, the music yeah. and oh, the yeah. concept of the things that – uh, you know, he was talking about it. it was a method that was behind the madness. I think a lot of people will look at Prince and say, well, he's a guy, he wears makeup, he's short, he wears heels, and, you know, you think, well, is this guy gay or, or right. whatever? But uh, that's the first uh, perception. And I think he loved that because he wanted people to kind of look at him that way. But if you actually listen to the music oh, and yeah. the message in the music, oh, yes. you'll find out that, you know what? This guy is, you know, he he's, knows what he's, he's talking legit. about. You, he's you know legit. what I loved yeah. about Prince What's and that? what I loved about Purple Rain? That it was a 10-minute song? No. <laughs> no, I'm talking the movie. I'm oh, talking the movie. the movie Purple Rain. Apollonia. Oh. Uh, That's oh. what I yeah. – you talk about Prince, man. Yes. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. yeah. That's what I – you know, and I love the music. Yeah. Uh, that that was Purple Rain and that yeah. was Prince, but the storyline in, in Apollonia, oh uh, yeah, and, and the battle between Morris Day, yes. and Prince, and, yeah. you know, classic. You know, of course, you know Prince. Uh, you know, I've I'm an athlete. You know, it seems like all athletes kind of want to ride motorcycles and stuff like that. But Prince was the f- first guy that made me want to like. I want to get a motorcycle. That's pretty cool. Are you a motorcycle guy? No, I'm not a motorcycle guy. But when I played in Europe and when I was in Spain and Italy, motorcycles were all over the place. And I said to myself, when I retire, I'm going to get me a motorcycle. And I was that close to getting one until Ben Roethlisberger had an accident on a a motorcycle. And uh, who was the other – Football, Ke- Kill- Kellen Winslow Jr. Yeah, had an incident, well, and then Jay, Jay, Jay Williams Jay, did. Jay too, right? Williams, and when those guys had the uh, accident, I said like, to myself, me- "Like, well, you know what? It would be cool, but maybe you know, I'm at that age now. Just you know, just let that ride." And I kind of got turned off by the motorcycles at after that but prince was the first one that yeah. wanted me to go out he just looked cool on his mother uh, yeah. he just yeah. looked, you know like you said he's like five foot three and this hum- yeah. he had a humongous especially in the movie yeah a humongous motorcycle yeah and, and it's I, like i'm gonna tell you another thing that i like about prince that i've read up a lot on him since he passed away he did a lot of things behind the scene that people didn't know to uh uh notice that he did i mean he was uh, a guy that gave back to obviously the city and State of Minnesota a whole lot, very proud from being there. But he did a lot of things low-key 
that people didn't know about. I remember Spike Lee was talking about one of his uh, movies. I'm trying to think. It might have been Girl 6 or something, a movie. It wasn't one of Spike Lee's bigger movies. Or maybe it was she got to have it. But he didn't have the money to do the movie. And Prince basically said, hey, man, here's the money. You know, you take care of it. You go do your thing. But he was that type of guy. He was... uh, a great songwriter, a great producer, obviously a great uh, artist. And one of my favorite things that I've seen on the Internet, and you guys probably have seen it the last uh, couple of years, uh, the George Harrelson song, uh, uh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, where he plays that with a couple other more rock legends. And uh, what's the guy that sang the song, I Won't Back Down? Uh, oh, Back down. Oh, oh. Come on, Jay oh, yeah, yeah, from Gainesville, mm-hmm. Florida. Um, oh, I've done lost it, guys. Oh, my oh, God. Man, I, know see, I know it. I know I, it. I know, I, I know. And it's going it's yeah, it's it to come. Go ahead and Google it right. for us. And, and then you. And, 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 but, but, but he was a that's, good. That, that's not Tom Petty. Yeah. Tom it, it's Petty. Tom Petty. It's Tom, Tom Petty. Petty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's Tom Petty and George Harrelson songs. It's a guitar solo. You could probably yeah. YouTube it. But these guys do a, a guitar solo, and Prince comes in on the end of the guitar solo of, of this song, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. And they said before that they recorded this song that they all got together and practiced, and Prince showed up at the practice, and they said that he just stood there and listened, and he didn't practice with them or whatever, and he just said, Okay, I got it. I'll just do my part. And he just listened to whatever. So when they started doing the song live, they said, well, we don't know what the heck he's going to do. <laughs> but, so he came in at the end, and he did this guitar solo. You should have seen uh, George Harrelson's son that was looking around going, What's my that? God, I'm sitting <laughs> with Prince, man, and he's wearing it out, man. That's it's crazy. just, it's. I mean, well, if you know Prince, man, that guy just – his guitar solos were just oh, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. All right, so one last question, and then we'll wrap things up. Are you ready for this one? I, I, I think I am, I it, hope. 1989 was a Woo! big year for you. Yes. Slam dunk champion of the NBA. Yeah. I got a serious question about this. Tell me what was in the swag bag before you left. That <laughs> That's all I want to know. That's serious. I mean, what do you get for winning the besides the trophy? You get, at that time, uh, the, you get the slam dunk trophy, obviously, and I think at that time the prize uh, money was $25,000. I think they've upped it to $50,000 now, which, you know, for, you know, 15, 20 minutes of work, that's pretty good not money. Bad, you know, not, not bad. Not, not bad. Um, but as you guys know, um, you know, back when I competed in it, uh, that's when the big guys, the big guns uh, were that, getting in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, um, yeah. The year that I won it, I followed Michael Jordan, who had won it two years in a row. And before you unseated Michael Jordan, oh uh, yeah, well Michael Michael didn't compete, thank goodness. Oh, oh, okay. in, in, in the one that I won, my toughest competition in the one that I won was uh, Clyde Drexler. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dominic, uh, uh, well Dominic wasn't in it either. Uh, Spud Webb, okay, who had won it a couple of years before, and, t- and Spud was very tough to beat because he's only five seven. Yeah, and the crowd. You know, loved obviously it. love yeah. the little guy. But I, I, I will say this. I have to give a lot of credit to my former Nick teammate, uh, Patrick Ewan. He was the one that convinced me to get in the dunk contest. Uh, 
I got in it my third year in the NBA, and I remember the first two years that I was in the NBA, Patrick would make the all-star team. He was like, Kenny, get in the dunk contest, man. You can win it. And uh, I never got elected, and, you know, I came home during the all-star break to Lexington just to hang out. Well, in that third year, Patrick kept lobbying, kept lobbying. Finally, they got the NBA to get me, you know, in the slam dunk competition. And unfortunately for me, uh, my father passed away two two days before the dunk contest. Oh. Mm. And uh, kind of ironic, we was playing a game in the, uh, against the Atlanta Hawks right before the All-Star break. So I was already in Georgia when my father passed away. Mm. So I missed the Hawks game. I went home to be with my family thinking, okay, I'm not going to the dunk contest. I'm going to just hang out uh, here at the house. So when I got home, my mother was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, hey, I'm at home here to mm-hmm. hang out. She was mm-hmm. like, look, uh, appreciate you coming home and everything. She said, but you're going to go you're gonna go do that dunk are contest. Are you serious? Nice. Yeah, and I was like, what are you talking about? She said, look, you know, it's going to be a few days for us to, to get things together. She said, look, go out there and do it. Yeah. You know, get your mind off of it. And she said, you know, if your dad had been here today, he was, he was going to be in front of this TV watching you in the dunk contest. So oh, wow. she demanded that I go, which was probably the best thing for me because if I didn't, I probably would just sit around and, you know, right. be on my mind and not really be any good. So I went out yeah. and, uh, you know, of course, Patrick Ewing and Mark Jackson, who were my teammates from the Knicks at that time, those guys were obviously happy to see me come out. And I remember right before the dunk contest, Patrick told me, he said, look, I know you're going through a lot and everything, man. He said, but you can win this. He told me, he said, you can win this. He wow. said, And he said, look, all of these guys out here thinking that you're not going to win. He said, I'm going to bet all of these guys here all kinds of money. And he said, if you go out and win this thing, he said, you're not going to have to worry about anything else for the rest of this weekend. Awesome. Of course, I mean, that kind of went in one ear when I the other year, but I go out and I do my thing. And of course I win it. And I remember going back to my hotel room and Patrick Ewing coming into my room. He had two big vanilla bags full of all kinds of money nice. and everything <laughs> that he had won off all of the guys that bet against him and lost. And he was like, man, I'm taking you out on the time. I think he was probably more happy than I was, but he was so happy that day but I was really happy you know for my family obviously when you go through something like that you're not really thinking about much of anything else but just doing what you got to do so everybody else was out having a uh, having fun on that day I think for me I was on a mission that day not just to win the, the the dunk championship which I did but I was on a mission to try to bring a little happiness for my family and friends uh, that were in my life, and I'm glad that I was able to do that on that day. That's, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Hey, so, uh, J-Bo, uh, that's good stuff. I, I did reach out to Larry, Larry Glover, who I know you spent a lot of time with, and, and, and you and Larry are fantastic, by the way, uh, on, the, uh, on your shows. I said, Larry, what, what's, a, what's a good thing to ask guy about? And he, said, he sent me some, some, some good questions. Um, I, in fact, I don't know which one to go, so I'm just going to hand you the sheet, and I, and I want you to pick which oh. one you think would be the best one to uh, to kind of talk about. There. Oh, 
Ooh, I, man, I love the – oh, man, those are all really good. Larry, <laughs> I done told Larry all of my good stories. Okay. <laughs> Probably the one – I love the John Gotti story, but I, I'll save that one to some other time. We'll, we'll have you on again. Yeah, yeah. I'm, remember, yeah. remind me to yeah. tell you the John yeah. Gotti story. But I'm going to tell you uh, probably my favorite story uh, is the one with Julie Servant. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, Dr. J was uh, my idol growing up in high school. And uh, when I finally made it to the NBA, the very first exhibition game that we played when I was with the New York Knicks was against the Philadelphia 76ers in Buffalo, New York. Not Madison Square Garden, but Buffalo, New York, because it was an exhibition game. So – this is the first time that I'm getting a chance to play against Dr. J. Here's my idol. And I didn't get nervous before many games, but I was nervous as heck before this, you know, ball game. So uh, we go out on the floor, and we're getting ready for the opening tip. And I'm sitting there around the jump circle, and I'm standing right next to Dr. J. And I'm almost scared to look at him. And I look, <laughs> and I look at him, and I look, I make eye contact, and he said, Hey, Kenny, uh, Julius Servant. He reaches out his hand to, ch- to shake my hand. He said, hey, Kenny, Julius Servant, nice to meet you. He said, <laughs> he, he said, I watched your career in college, and uh, he said, you're a heck of a player. Welcome to the NBA. Oh, and I'm shit. looking like, like Dr. J knows who I am. <laughs> and I don't know if it was a veteran move or whatever. I don't remember the first quarter. I was just running up and down the floor. Just I couldn't believe <laughs> that he actually knew who I was. And I think he might have scored 12 or 14 points in the first quarter because I couldn't get <laughs> yeah. over that I was going against Dr. J. So maybe it was a veteran move to set me up like that. But I just couldn't believe that, that he knew who I was and how, and how nice, yeah. you know, how gracious he was. Man, I tell you, I was on – Cloud, cloud nine, and I I called everybody from high school uh-huh. that knew that I was a Dr. J fan, uh-huh. and I told them, I said, man, you, you're not going to believe that. <laughs> yeah. he, he watched me when I was at Kentucky. He knew who I was, <laughs> so that was the best story. I Like I said, I love, I love Michael Jordan, Barkley, enjoyed competing against those uh, guys, but when it comes to the guy that made me love the game and the guy yeah. that made me feel that way, it was none other than Julius Dr. J. Urban, and I, I appreciate that. That, for me, will probably always be my best moment in basketball. Fantastic. Even stars, J-Bo, can be starstruck. Yeah. i tell you what. Absolutely. I, you know, I, I grew up watching you, man. I mean, you were my favorite all-time UK player. So when he said you're coming in, I kind of had that. Yeah. Ah, how the hell am I supposed to talk? Yeah. And uh, here you are, man. So I appreciate you taking time coming in and seeing us and talking to us. Well, it makes me feel good when you meet somebody like Dr. J that's down to earth like that. And when I look at how I try to carry myself, whether it's around you guys or just any regular U.K. fans, I put my pants on one leg at a time. And I think the one thing that I always try to to do, regardless of the type of success that I have, always try to remain humble. And, again, I thank my parents for that. I thank Joe B. Hall. Uh, for that because I think those type of things uh, were taught to me at a very early age, and I appreciate that, that I knew at a very early age just, you know, when you reach this stage in your life and you got a platform to touch uh, so many people, people are watching, listening to every little single thing that you do. 
And I take a, a great deal of pride trying to carry myself in the right way, represent myself and my family. Well, you represent UK top notch, man. Well, we appreciate you. you. I appreciate it. Good stuff, Scott. I can't, pre- I can't thank you enough, man. Unbelievable humility of this guy. Great guy. Uh, taking the opportunity, uh, to, uh, taking time out of your schedule. I know you're busy, Scott, and just it means a lot for you to come by. We've we've known each other for several years now, and uh, it means a lot you come by and, and do the show with us. Well, I, I like the opportunity for guys like yourself to uh, provide a, a platform, you know, for people who have watched my career, been fans of myself for a long time, you know, it's just great to reach out and uh, to talk to people like that. And for me to go down memory lane with some happy memories and everything, to me, that's what it's all about. Those things never get old. Those stories never get old. So I don't care how many times I, I, I tell those stories. They, they always get better and better and better with time. Fantastic. Uh, again, special thanks to uh, Limestone Branch Distillery hooking us up with a fantastic uh, Single barrel selection for Kenny Skywalker. Only the best for uh, for Kenny. Uh, Marion County, some of Marion County's finest. Enjoy that uh, bourbon, Kenny, and uh, uh, certainly appreciate you again for coming by. Who knows, J-Bo, hopefully it's not going to be uh, as long of a spell before we'll be back in the studio for our next show. This one's going to be a hard one to beat, though, I guarantee you. Definitely, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm just so excited that he's here, man. And, cool. you, and you as well. It's yeah, well, thank you. you. I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you. Good to see you, put man. Me, put me there. It's good to see you, guys, that's, man. That's I'm good. just glad to be around people. Damn it. I know. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Same here. Yeah, that's and good. if everything goes okay, guys, of course, this was a tough year for UK basketball. I know we didn't talk a lot about UK basketball, but I hope that uh, whatever happens after the season is over with. That uh, whoever comes back and whatever new guys that we got coming in next year, maybe. Right before the season starts, maybe I can come back I, on. We can oh, do yes, maybe we yeah. can do a little preview of next year basketball team Definitely. with the hope, sir, that we're going to improve a whole lot from, from hey, we'll what, we, what we went through that. this year. We'll do it, and maybe you know we're working on our kind of our outside uh, area, our studio, and maybe it'll be a perfect opportunity to get together, smoke a cigar, yes. drink a little bourbon, and just chill out, man. On on the patio. Yes. Love so it. Uh, Scott, we love you, man. I uh, appreciate man. you coming by. Jay Bo, that's going to do it for our uh, show today. Stick around for the next two shots on the barrel coming your way on all of your platforms for uh, for your shows. Until next time, I'm Jimbo. I'm Jay Bo. We'll see you. The Marion County Trail could be the best value in bourbon-themed travel in Kentucky. You'll experience one of the Kentucky Bourbon Trail's crown jewels, one of the Bourbon Trail Craft Tour's top-rated stops, and something you can't find anywhere else. Organized tours of a bourbon barrel manufacturing facility, all in one place. It's the Marion County Trail. Take your time to tour, dine, shop, and stay all along the way. Explore world-famous Maker's Mark, a hot-ticket item on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Limestone Branch Distillery, home of world-famous Yellowstone Bourbon and one of the top-rated stops on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail Craft Tour. Kentucky Cooperage, the sprawling plant where the thriving bourbon industry's barrels are hand-built and seared with fire for bourbon-aging flavor. 
and Lebanon, home of wonderful dining opportunities from home-cooked to chef-driven. Unique shopping opportunities, nowhere else to be found murals for your selfies, and overnight accommodations that range from traditional to bed and breakfast to bourbon-themed. Go to visitlebanonky.com for more details. Lebanon Tourist and Convention Commission, 270-692-0021. Whether you're buying or selling, be it your first home or your last home, or building your investment portfolio, give me a call. I'm Lisa Kearns, a realtor with Exit Realty Heartland. I understand the stress and hassles involved in buying and selling, and I will be here for you. Let me put my 20-plus years experience in marketing and customer service to work for you. Give me a call, 270 270- 402-4036. Lisa Kearns, Realtor with Exit Realty Heartland, here to work for you. Two old boys ain't much for working. Jayvo, I love it. I love it, man. I love that tune. Terry is so talented. Terry Woolley. So, I, you know, the story goes that I said, Terry, we're doing this podcast thing. We're just a couple guys want to talk about bourbon, everything that is Central Kentucky. And Terry's like, I got you. And he took it from there. Yeah, 24 hours later, bam, we have an opening uh, theme for our podcast. Terry Woolley with Crystal Music is uh, to kind of icing on the cake, is sponsoring Two Shots on the Brown. I don't know how cool that is. Not only did he do this for us, he's also sponsoring us. So, I mean, it's a double whammy from old Terry. Thank you, Terry. And you guys have come a long way. You know, you went from a, a point in time where you guys didn't necessarily get along the best in the world. And now you are like best friends. Well, it's like, you know, you put two superstars in one room, you know, there's going to be some bumping heads. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, whether it's recording, maybe it's some uh, voice lessons that you need, some uh, learning how to play a guitar, harmonica, you name it, Crystal Music in Campbellsville, Kentucky is the place to go. Hey, I even uh, was in a tight spot. I was going to go to Nashville. I was going to inter- inter- interview a bunch of artists, and I needed a guitar to sign. I remember play. that. I remember that. I walked in there, and I'm telling you, they have guitars everywhere. And he said, you don't want this guitar. You want the this guitar. And he set me up, and away I went to Nashville. Bam. He took care of you, and that's the way he can take care of everybody. He's a good dude. He works so hard. His wife, Ina, though, is the best thing in the world about him. There's no doubt about that. But Terry Woolley is a great dude, and for every musical thing that you need, including... If you're out there listening and you need a jingle for your podcast, reach out to Terry Woolley. Check him out on Facebook. Look him up, Terry Woolley. That's W-O-O-L-E-Y. Or look up Crystal Music. You'll be able to check out all their deals along the way. And thanks so much, as always, J-Bo. They're a great sponsor. Hey, and we're looking for more. J-Bo, I've always found out in life it's important to have a good attorney. Very important. And Two Shots on a Barrel found out we've got a good attorney. We did? Yes. Jerry Fowler's Jerry Law Office. Fowler. Do you know how to sing his song, his jingle? Uh, Please. No, I, you, you don't have to start now if you don't really know how to. I, I can't. I can't. But I know who he is. Here's another thing I'm glad about Jerry Fowler. I'm glad before he went to the Caribbean that he got our work finished for Two Shots on a Barrel. He is very prompt in his uh, working ability. Hey, but we can't give him all the credit. His uh, wonderful assistant does most of his work. We all know that. Everybody knows that C.C. Gardner runs his office. Yes, yes. Just makes Jerry look good. We don't really care at this point. We're just so fortunate <laughs> that we had C.C. to do our work for. I mean, Jerry to do our work for us. 
And uh, for all of your, especially, he, he specializes in business law, which is exactly what we needed for two shots. Right. Also, estate law, there's nobody in the business that is as good as he is, uh, Jerry Fowler. And with an assistant, a superstar Wonder Woman assistant like CeCe Gardner, dude, it's just all working. I tell you what, uh, I couldn't ask for a better partner with this show than Jerry Fowler. I mean, I was wondering where you were going with that good. statement. You're good also, but having Jerry Fowler on our side is uh, always a good thing. His, his jingle is, Jerry Fowler is the way to go. Dial 692 That's it. That's it. But you really know that CC runs the show. Oh, oh, oh. Love you, CC. All right. Peace out. Uh, call Jerry Fowler's office today for all your business and estate needs. He's a man. Thanks, Jerry, for hooking us up on Two Shots on a Barrel. Hey, this is Jim Bo for Two Shots on a Barrel, hanging out with my buddy Jay Bo. What's going on? Dude, I'm here to tell you, you are doing something right if you're good in two towns. Two towns. Two towns, you're the best of everything. Big old tires, Billy Taft is the best I, in Barnstown and the best in Lebanon. I tell you what, he's been doing it perfect for many years, and he won once again, and he's won again in Marion County. How does this guy, how is he so good, Jay Bo? Customer service. You're number one when you walk in his building. He offers all sorts of things, not just tires. He offers uh, alignments, brakes, oil changes, and more. And he has two locations, Bardstown. You can call Bardstown location, 502-348-0880. And in Lebanon, 270-692-1013. Dude is rocking and rolling at Big O Tires. If you're having any kind of tire pressure issue, if you're having any, if you have any questions... Yeah. Billy's always there for you. Don't be bashful. Just pull right in. Go check your tires for you. Make sure you're safe and ready for the You run. know another cool thing about Billy Taft? He loves bourbon, and he loves two shots on a barrel. That's right. And we love Billy Taft. Absolutely. Sure. Go see our brother Billy Taft. Big old tires. Lebanon and Bardstown, Kentucky. Beer makes me burp. Wine makes my head hurt. Vodka starts my stomach churning So don't ask again I don't like gin Thank you, I'll stick with bourbon Thank you, I'll stick with bourbon From the bourbon capital of the world The heart of central Kentucky It's two shots on a barrel With a couple of guys who like drinking Expensive bourbon from Dixie Cups Here are your host, The Bowl Brothers (laughs) 